to the Mad Hatter Show podcast. I got a good friend of mine. I call everybody my good friend. If you're on my podcast, you got to be a good friend. But anyways, Dr. Blue, you've seen him. What was the name of the show? My Vet Life? The Vet the Life. The Vet Life. Yep. Uh, he said the show's still on. And I'm going to jump right into that. Now, he's doing something real big right here in the city of Houston, surrounding areas, because him and his partners, they got, what, four? This will be the fourth one coming up. Four four locations for the veterinarian uh, a hospital. But we'll get into all that. I want to start with television. Okay. Because that's when, when I first get introduced to you, I had you on the original Mad yes. Hatter show, and we talked yeah. about your TV show. Started in what, 2015? Yep, 2015. Had a good run. I was under the impression that the show was still on until you like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I ain't shot nothing since 2020. Right. But there are shows that are still happening. Right. couple of things. One, how do you feel to be watching shows, but you're kind of like not in that particular game right now, but you still see your show on television? You talking about my particular show or other shows Your like particular mine? show. So... The truth is, I work a whole lot. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, and when I do, I'm binge-watching something with my wife. <laughs> and now the football's back on, I'm, I'm just into that You're again. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I, we, we do play you know, Animal Planet in our hospital. So people are seeing the show or just gotcha. seeing animal fulfillments. Um, I, it's kind of weird. Sometimes I hear my voice on TV, and I look up like, what the? Mm. You know, but it's cool. I, it's, when I look back retrospectively, it's, it was really a good show. It right. still is a great show. Right. It right. really is. And it changed how veterinary medicine is viewed to people and also how veterinary medicine shows are made to date. Based on what? Well, just like, you know, if you look, you know, circa 1990 and before 2015, veterinary shows were just like narrated. You're going in there, you're watching a doctor do work. And it's not boring, but it's interesting only for that aspect of medicine. Mm. Our show literally kind of just chronicled us being men, us being business owners, us being husbands, us being fathers. And then all of that wrapped up in being a veterinarian and having fun doing it. Right. So it just kind of changed the landscape of, hey, we're going to just follow these guys as a kind of reality show, if you will, mm-hmm. and what they do. And they happen to do veterinary medicine. So it captures just so many people because if you're not just a pure animal lover, I want to see cutting and blood and eyeballs and poop and, you know, you're not freaking out. <laughs> you know, you can also see how a man raises his kids and talk to his wife absolutely. and have a good time with his homeboys and his wife and their absolutely. wives. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so it did change in that. And I agree with that 1,000%. Now, here's the part I didn't know. We had this conversation off because every time you do a TV show, I'm, I, I say I'm knowing that you get residuals. Even if the show you're not doing anymore – the right. show's still running, and it they, they, a show like yours, you can run forever. Forever. There yeah. you go. Uh, other networks can pick it up, yeah. which that happened to you. Uh, I was not aware of that. But the part that you said that was shocking to me is that there's not a residual component to that. So, I'm just curious how that happened and why not. And you don't have to go crazy in the detail. No, I won't. I'm just small, uh, there's a small part of me bothered by that because— yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. You yes, know what I mean. So I'm not going to sit and act like I know all the legal jargon how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you read those contracts about perpetuity and all of that, you know, exploitation and things, you know, we went through all of that, and there is a conversation about residuals in there. I don't know how it actually works, and I've had, you know, I have Ricky Anderson as my attorney. He's mm-hmm. the best attorney. He wasn't our attorney at the very beginning, but you know, great Houston attorney. Yes. And um, you know, we looked at it, the way that things are structured. If there are residuals, maybe they saved them for me because I haven't gotten them. <laughs> I, my partners haven't gotten them. So, you know, this isn't like a diss to anybody or anything because the show served a purpose and it's doing great things. 
but it's it's not in my bank account. It's in somebody else's bank account. I think because you know, like the writer strike that's going on. Mm-hmm. That's happening for a reason, and if yeah. it's affecting them, I know it. Little old me ain't nothing. So wow. I think it's just how you, you know, in, in, in perpetuity, how it's used. Maybe I get residuals vis- uh, viewed of this many times more on this station or in this way. But if they change it a little bit or put it somewhere else, like right now, it can be streamed on Max. Please go see it. You know, it's one of those things that I don't think I actually get those residuals. If I, like I said, if I do, I haven't seen them. Okay, but there is a residual effect. To have doing the show, there, financially, not a, not, a, not a residual from the show, but there is a residual effect that you are affected because oh, of being on the absolutely. On the and I show. think that's the biggest thing. At the end of the day, you know, as long as you live, maybe in, they saying that. Well, you get it. We got a whole business. Hey, long as long as you live, people still see you, and, on and TV. you can work. You know, there's residual effect from right. it for sure. Um, you know, you know, you can always make more money, man. Right. You know, I know some people. I don't know a lot of rich people, but a couple of them. You know, they went down, down, bankrupt, and they back up again. So you mm-hmm. can always make money, and that's not what we're talking about. But I'm just saying in general, the residual effect is the effect that we've had on young people that want to be veterinarians, specifically young black kids mm-hmm. and people of color that has seen it. You know, they've seen us do it. And, you know, just to, as like a shout out to my people on uh, NetGeo, on Critter Fixers, you know, Dr. Hodges and Dr. Ferguson, really good friends, Tuskegee alumni, they've been veterinarians longer than we have. Their show's kicking ass, man. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it's, and it's not because of us, but we also did help paint that, paint that landscape. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, I love to see them doing it. He's doing, they're doing amazing things. And we actually partnered and developed a company called the Veterinary Conglomerate. Nice. And literally it's to take our wherewithal, everything that we know, put it together, our resources, and get these young veterinarians and put them in positions to be hired and or own a company. And that's kind of what we'll talk about later about the PetSmart veterinary services that we're doing. Now, what was you guys' purpose? And there was two other people with you, too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be rude. Uh, uh, Dr. Ross and Dr. Levine. Yeah, yeah those so are my partners, my brothers. brothers. For sure, for sure. Uh, what was the purpose for you guys to get involved in doing this show in the first place? Because, yeah, you can do a reality show and just show you, you know, fixing the animals. Right. But to allow them to follow you into your home in a very personal space. Right. Uh, was that deliberate? And then again, why you guys decided to do it even in the first place? Yeah. So, you know, shout out to Dr. Levine, Dr. Ross, my business partners, my brothers. Uh, you know, we we the dynamic trio, man, not dynamic duo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we decided to do it as a result, honestly, of my little sister, Noir Blue. You know, her company is Blue Like the Color. I have to give her a huge shout out. This was her This was her baby. This mm-hmm. was her dream child. She worked on Pawn Stars in Las Vegas when we used to live there. And she was like, I got a great idea. You funny. You could be on TV. I'm like, I'm not that funny, but you laugh at some of my little slapstick jokes, you know, little fart <laughs> jokes, whatever. And she was like. You, you're really good at your craft, and y'all are, you know, black was in, I guess we could say, right? Mm-hmm. Having black people on TV, you know, making a statement, and then being veterinary medicine, it just kind of went together. And then we moved to Houston to open up our practice. I didn't want to do it, man. You know, it was one of those things where I always say when we saw reality TV with us, we were throwing wine bottles and yelling and kicking and screaming. I didn't realize that it could be very different. Mm-hmm. And my sister said, this is how it should be. Let's actually chronicle what it is that you do, not just sitting in there doing surgery. So that was all my sister. She did that. She does a lot of work on a lot of shows everywhere. And um, she thought it up, and she got some people that kind of bought into it, and they they ran with it. And it's been been a hell of a show, man. Hell of a run. Six seasons. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, man. Shout out to Miss Blue. So obviously you feel good about it. If if the— 
I don't know. Well, yeah. If the opportunity came again, they came back and said, hey, we want more. Yeah. So that 100%, you know, where we are right now in space is developing these hospitals, developing these younger doctors, putting them in a position of power and ownership, um, spreading the love. You know, the opportunities that we got, we want to make sure other people have those. We would definitely entertain a show. Now, we would do, obviously, the way TV works is a little bit different. So, you know, we've been advised by our, you know, our counsel, Ricky Anderson, about how to do things different, maybe, you know, on our own kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like this. Because you could do it. Yeah. Literally yourself. Yeah. And package it. it. Put it on YouTube. Exactly. Because YouTube is. Right. The new television. That's it. That's it. You know, I know other, you know, uh, uh, streaming services probably don't want to hear that, but I'm, you know, I recently had a baby, my baby. You know, anyway, it's all good. I'm, I'm listening because I'm, I'm picking up the game right now because we literally been talking about it. But with after, everything that we're doing, I'm looking at these some of these people who have done things. This lady named is Rachel. She is not on any particular network, mm-hmm. but all of her stuff is on YouTube. Right. And millions of followers, right. you know, where she's educating babies. And I'll be honest with you, my kid gravitates to it. He performs all the stuff she's wow. doing and the singing and wow. saying words and the dad dad. He refuses to say mama. Oh, but but he loves her more than hey, me. Don't, but, get in trouble. don't get in trouble. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, there's an avenue where I think at one point you had to wait on some network to right. say, oh, we choose you. Right. Now you can say, if this is something we want to do, and you can do it where it's affordable, right? Uh, entertaining, probably the hardest part to be the editing and putting the show together. Because do we keep this? Do we keep that? But, so that's you know, I, and I have I have some people for that, but that's honestly probably the next wave of what we're doing. Right, right now, I'm just on something so, else. So much stuff going on, so much stress. If I had somebody that could just do it, it would be great, right? Because doing this yourself involves more work, and there's so much on our plate, man. I'm. I literally, I have headaches sometimes. Now I don't even have headaches, but you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that we're definitely entertaining the opportunity to do it. And soon as we find the right people to really help us, you know, my sister's going to be at the helm of it, running it, directing it, producing it. Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll have to just get some backbone, some money, and then once we make some money, we can pay somebody back. But right now, <laughs> you know, we're sunken under, you know, the bet the banks for our businesses. That's right. That's so. right. I'm not mad at that. So here it is. You guys been doing this for. So you came here in what year? You came to Houston. We moved. I we moved. And where to are you Houston. from originally? I guess I should start. There. No. Let's so give, born I know and raised. Y'all went to Tuskegee. Yeah. All your all three of you brothers. Yeah. Born and raised Detroit, Michigan. East side of Detroit. Rosemary Grasset. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> you know. Lived there all my life and left when I was 17 and went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Lived in Tuskegee for eight years. Loved it. One of the greatest times of my life. Uh, Tuskegee helped make me the man I am today. Yes, Dr. Sir. Ross, he went to Langston undergrad. Dr. Levine went to Xavier. And so all HBCUs, and we met at Tuskegee. Gotcha. They're two years my senior, so they were in vet school two years before me. Gotcha. Their classmates, we all hung out, you know, had a good time, you know, and they went to Vegas to get their internship with the NAVE group. We worked under Dr. Nave's uh, tutelage at different hospitals. Uh, Levine was at Anro. Dr. Bilar is the owner of that, um, who's a member of uh, the TBC that we're doing, uh, the veterinary conglomerate, mm-hmm. um, big mentor. And then Dr. Ross worked at another hospital in Pebble, Maryland. And when I got there interning, Dr. Ross made me do surgeries, you know, took me around Vegas. We had a great time. And we just became, our bond just extended. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we all, you know, had the idea that we all want to be owners, entrepreneurs. We all moved to Houston because— Why Houston? Okay. You're so, yeah, so the reason Houston was, number one, I've been coming to Houston since the 80s. My auntie and uncle lived here. They're from Flint. And my uncle, he's a kind of Houston legend as far as coaches. Mm-hmm. I think he was the first black head coach in Fort Bend County. Wow. His name is uh, 
Gary Nichols. Okay. Everybody yeah. call him Coach Nick. Yeah. You know, he uh everybody know him for the championship and over and stuff that he did. He you did know, what Willow he did. Ridge and everything. But <laughs> um I've been coming here as a child just, you know, visiting my auntie and uncle. Mm-hmm. And and when I got older I was able to, you know, use uh, some money to fly down here for the, the summers or my breaks. I used to be in T Town and you know, <laughs> after T after T Towns, we go to Chachos, <laughs> you know, the Shark Bar, all that, man, and uh with Taco Milagro, was it? Wow. Man, so we, we used to have a great time here in Houston. Ross is from Houston. Mm-hmm. Galena Park, Fidelity, Ship Channel, and then Levine's from uh, uh, New Orleans, Slidell. Mm-hmm. Well, during the time that we were moving, you know, Louisiana was or New Orleans was post Katrina. It's always yeah. post Katrina, right? It's always some things going on. They're having some difficulties, and then Detroit was just—I mean, it was in the toilet. Yeah. So we we were as much as we want to give back. You can't give back if you don't have anything. So mm-hmm. Houston had a bubble around it. Old money, old money. People love their pets. They're willing and able to take care of their pets. They understood the level of medicine that we were providing. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know what? Let's start in Houston. Not too far from New Orleans. I love Houston. I ain't going back to Detroit because it's snowing. I ain't shoveling nobody's snow. <laughs> my mama literally moved here. My dad before he died moved here. My brother here, his wife, kids, my the sister here. Family guy, the whole family got here. <laughs> so, and I'm trying to get everybody that was from Flint and Ohio to come down here too. So, you know, I love Detroit. We'll always be home. We'll always visit. But I ain't going back to shovel no snow. <laughs> so it was the best weather, best economy, so you, you choosing big, growing. You, you, you choosing triple du- digits. Over 100%. Mi- minus whatever. I'm a hundred percent. I'm choosing a hundred <laughs> degrees. I, but I'm a tropical brother, man. Honestly, I really love the heat. Like when the, people were complaining about that, I loved it. Right, right. You get a good sweat, man. <laughs> that's healthy. That's anti-neoplastic. That's that's cancer for everybody. That's cancer. <laughs> Neoplasia. Okay, I'm, I I I I go there. I go there. I'm really smart too. <laughs> Tuskegee training. <laughs> so you're here. You love it here. You decided to be here. Yeah. And Retiring at, here. At first, was the idea to have as many hospitals as you guys have now? Because now you're up to four, which is why I really have you here. But I, yeah. we started talking about the, uh, the ancillary right. things. Pay, I'm pay, like, well, I got to throw them in there. Paint it. And I'm a, but I, I, I do want you to, to talk about what you're really here for. But initially, the idea to grow this thing was that there? I'm gonna just be happy with this one spot, and and, and no. No, no, it was always to I, I diversify. Think, I think sometimes I'm too much, too ambitious. Mm. Uh, you know, you ever been to the Chinese restaurants and they have the the Chinese zodiac? Mm-hmm. I'm a rat. 1984, <laughs> and like the first adjective that they use to describe is ambitious. Mm. That has always been me, gotcha. uh, truly to the heart. And um, our idea was to open one clinic a year for 15 years. Oh, wow. We had a 15-year plan. What I didn't know, me and my partners, we didn't understand, was that even if you're making good money and your money's in the bank and they're counting your money and your money's in their savings, and they don't loan money that way. I didn't understand money like that. Mm. I don't. You can have a million dollars in the bank. They're not going to just give you money to open up a bunch of hospitals. That's, they don't land on just that your money or your in income. Bank, yeah. So, you know, to have to take a backseat to that and understand that if I needed to do that, to grow that fast, I would either need a rich uncle, which I don't have, or we have to go like for a capital investor or something. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really our that wasn't really our business plan, our model. Mm-hmm. But now that we've developed this plan, and we'll talk about here shortly with PBS, uh, PetSmart Veterinary Services, we're able to expand a lot faster. Okay. So no, the idea was always to be multiple hospitals right here in Houston, which is the you know, what I learned from my mentor, Dr. Nave in Vegas. Well, go back to that. You said you want to expand on it. Expand on it now, and yeah. we can move out from there. So we, we own um, 
We have three facilities uh, right now. There, our main hub is on Luetta Road between Eldridge and Grant. So 12725 Luetta Road in Cypress, Texas. Do they all have the same name, by the way? Yes. Okay. So, so Cypher all- Animal Hospital. Okay. Um, obviously, you'd be from Houston, you understand. Cypress Fairbanks, mm-hmm. affectionately called Cypher. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we named it after the area that we were in. Gotcha. That is our hub. That is where the three of us work. That's where we get our students to come in and intern. That's where we hire them. That's where we train them. That's the that's the that's the colony, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's where we make our clones. That's where we do all the hard work. And then we were able to acquire a second practice, uh, four forty Aldean Bender, okay. in Houston. Uh, it was actually owned by a previous vet. We acquired it. We grew the practice out. Um, you know, with every practice, you have ups and downs. It's not as an affluent area, but the people over there are much deserving mm-hmm. of good health care, and they, they, they really take care of us, and we take care of them. Absolutely. We had an opportunity to work with the owner of Fish Gallery um, up in Dallas. He has a location. So he bought a big box old retail, like I think it was a, like a liquor depot. <laughs> okay. And it's like 40,000 square feet. So we have about 7,100 square feet of it, top floor, bottom floor. Uh, Dr. Janisha Motley, Tuskegee graduate, excellent veterinarian. She's trained with us at Luetta. She's running that practice. And we started, we uh, were open in February. It was our grand opening. And, you know, that one I really need a lot of help with. You know, so anybody that see this, you know, in Dallas, <laughs> man, it's it's off the beat. It's right off a of Beltline. So it's on Inwood and Beltline. North side. Um, and it's in, the city is Addison. And you can't put flags out in Addison and things like that. It's a great facility, but it's just slow to grow. Mm. And it's eating away at us. So I'm asking for a lot of help with that. And if you know anybody, please tell them to go over there. They're going to love it. No, it's a great facility, and the doctor's amazing, man. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but we're trying to grow that practice. What we have now is, so PetSmart, they, everybody know PetSmart because they used to have another hospital inside of them. Well, those hospitals aren't in all of PetSmarts anymore. They developed a program. It's called PVS, PetSmart Veterinary Services, where they're working with veterinarians that want to own hospitals, be owners, to come into the facility inside of PetSmart, one of the biggest retailer, pet retailers in the world. They got over 1,600 locations and are literally allowing them to franchise inside of there. Mm. So we being, I think, the first in Houston, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure the first in Houston to have a franchise a PetSmart Veterinary Service franchise inside of the one on Westheimer. Most certainly probably the first, I hate to say it. No, first black? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to say black. I mean, we, you know. You know, we still saying first, though. Sometimes that part is hard. Here it is in this year. Well, vet- we still saying first. I, I'm going to give you And this. being a veterinarian, I don't know what the ratio numbers I'm, of people who look like now. me and you. Okay. Yes. yes. So it's less than 2%. Depending on what article you read, wow. it's 1.2, 1.5, 1.7, and then less than 2. It's less than 2% of the veterinary population in America are black. Mm. Uh, it's the, it's a, you can Google these things. I'm actually giving a talk at uh, my vet con in Michigan on the 29th. I'm going up to Michigan back there in Novi to talk to all the um, members of the Michigan Veterinary Medicine Association. And giving a talk on DEI. Are you surprised by that? And at the same time, do you think because of your visual having the show, it's helped more young blacks go? Absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe that is something I can do. Yeah, so for sure, uh, it has helped. Let's go back to the first question. Now, I'm not surprised. You know, we, we, you know, not to, I can't say... You can't say beat a dead horse when you're a veterinarian. That's a term that we always, you know, it's a cliche term, but can't say it. Not to (laughs) just keep talking about the same thing over and over again. We know the sins of our fathers, right? Mm. We know what our country was. We know what our country has been, what it is, and what it should be. No, it's not a surprise that there are fewer black veterinarians than any other, you know, 
culture or race. And then just to be frank, all people of color, veterinary medicine, they said was the what they consider in a in the AVMA. So I'm saying this not to piss AVMA anybody off. Uh, American, uh, American Veterinary Medicine Association. Yes, um, they stated in a, one of the articles that it's the whitest profession. That's not my words. I got you. Those are the words that were stated uh, in AVMA. Um, we understand that it wasn't an opportunity for veterinarians that to be black. And that's one of the reasons why Tuskegee's history is so great. It's the only HBCU with a vet school. Mm. I think it was the first state. I don't ask you why so many seem to be coming out that way. It seems like that's the only school that's— It was. By the way, there might be other schools out there, so I don't want to sound disrespectful to any other schools out there doing it, but it seems like that's the only spot where you could find it folks was. that look like you— uh, putting folks, other folks that look like you in that in that business, teaching them to do that. So, you know, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole that deep, but yes, just to be fair so we can mention it, it still produces about 70 to 75 percent of veterinarians of color. Wow. To date. This 2023. Wow. Other schools have definitely helped in. I'm not down in any of those guys. I mean, first off, we have a, a dean of a Tuskegee alumni at Purdue. Mm. Willie Reed, Dr. Willie Reed is the dean there. He has mm. definitely helped out that. Uh, Dr. Phil Nelson down in, in, in over in Western in Cali. And we have a new dean now. And, you know, we have obviously the Tuskegee of Dean, um, to, sorry, the dean of Tuskegee mm. uh, vet school is black as well. Dr. Ruby Perry, uh, good friend and, you know, mentor. But, yeah, we traditionally produce 90-something percent. And as the years have grown and people and other schools are working in diversity – Equity and inclusion, for sure, they have helped out. Ross University does a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue does a great job. Cornell, uh, LSU has been working on heavy. Western, you know, all, uh, the Ohio State, they have done an amazing job. Okay, uh, so if you look at the landscape, what it used to be and what it is now, it has always been Tuskegee, and the majority is still Tuskegee. So wow. that's why you're going to hear that. And again, it's the only HBCU that you can find with a vet school. Um, but I'm not surprised that, you know, there's not a lot of people of color in veterinary medicine because well, they it just never wasn't seen an option. That's, to me, really, to me, that's what the highlight of your show is. Yes. Because I'm sure that there's some people that saw it <laughs> and people who don't look like me. Right. What? What's that? <laughs> the face, though. The face. He, he, there's three of them? Right, right, right. Where? That actually is in really? the that's actually in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Ross was like when he met his wife. He met her. Uh, he was like she was. He told her she was a vet. He was a veterinarian. She was like I ain't never met no black veterinarian. <laughs> and he literally says, "Well, baby, you have now." Wow. But that I mean, it's a but true there, statement. It is what it it's is. a true statement. Now, yeah. it's, it's still a rare thing, I guess. And when you talk about again, no, you don't based guess, on you know that it is. Yeah, based on percentages. Yeah. But you yeah. know, again, not to get hell bent on you know the whole demographics of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the show definitely helped catapult young people, specifically people of color, black, to want to be veterinarians. And I can tell you with 100% confidence, Cypher Animal Hospital, under the tutelage of myself, Dr. Levine, Dr. Ross, have written so many letters of recommendations who have aided and helped young black people get into vet school. All races. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about the, the minorities, mm-hmm. black people get into vet school. Mm-hmm. Be it Tuskegee, be it Cornell, you know, uh, I got a young man named Warren Bullard, uh, Warren Bullard, Bullard, sorry, up in Cornell right now. 
Floyd, he, you know, he graduated from Purdue. These are all young men that are doing great things that came through us. Leah Douglas, they, they are PV. They went to PV first. Mm. You know, we're not the sole reason why. Right, but I got you. These are students that have literally come through that are veterinarians now or about to be vets. And there's, I mean, literally hundreds more. So we have literally helped turn that tie, and I'm very thankful, and I'm not saying that arrogantly at all, very thankful and humbled to God that that was an opportunity that if, if I die today, somebody would say, you know, that young man did this. That, Him he, and his two partners. That's right. There was Dr. a contribution. Dr. Ving, Dr. Ross did absolutely. his contribution. Absolutely. Man, for sure. Absolutely. And that, that is the, the meat and potatoes of that show. Early, I'm glad you started talking about young people. I got to talk about this real quick. Uh, are you seeing, <clears throat> as most businesses are, that there's – the young people that are coming out of school now, their idea of their work habits are a little different than oh what they. <laughs> I'm dancing around this because I don't. Yeah. I don't want it to sound really bad. No, it's okay. But they want to work differently than traditionally what you probably worked when you first started. Right. So I think one of the one of the biggest problems. Had I danced a, around that, but you understand no, what I'm saying. I, I, I know do, you're going to clarify. But I'm going to dive into it. Yes, sir. I think one of the biggest problems had is this. We dance around things too much. Wow. I was dancing. No, and I'm not talking, I'm not calling you out. No, I get it. I'm saying as a people, mm-hmm. as a as a whole living organism, we dance around things and conversations are not stated the way that they should be interpret, interpreted. And if I'm saying this, you're you're interpreting, you're leaving it to interpretation. I don't want to do that. Mm. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. The truth is, the work ethic of people these days is much different than the work ethic of people before them. Is that a bad thing? I'm not saying that. Is it a different thing? (laughs) Hell yes. Is it problematic when your boss work ethic is this and yours is this? Yes, because there's not a meeting of the minds. Mm -hmm. That's like, hey, when we go to the store, I want you to buy everything that is in the frozen section and then you go get fresh food. It's not the same. It doesn't work. (laughs) It's a problem and you have to have that meeting. Young people are actually being trained in schools. I know it for a fact because I work with Tuskegee and I work I with some of these corporate companies and I listen to them. Their, their ideology is that they're supposed to work four days or less and that they tell them the reason is because of they teach them about burnout. They teach them about, uh, they call it an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. They teach them about fatigue and these are, and, 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 they use the term mental health. Yes. I think all of those things are real. I know they're real. Mm-hmm. They have their place. One of my biggest problems that I talked to some students in Tuskegee when I was there at Symposium was a lot of these things are being taught and said to you, but there's no call to action on how to deal with it. I'm just teaching you, hey, you know, burnout's real. Burnout's real. Burnout's real. That's like telling somebody, you know, if you get in this car, you're going to get into a car accident. You're going to get into a car accident. You're going to get into a car Right, right. Okay, you can get into a car accident. Make sure you look both ways. Use your blinkers. Pump your brakes. Put your seatbelt on. Make sure the car you buy got airbags. <laughs> Check your wheels. I mean, like, have a real call to action other than saying that this is what's going to happen. No, that's what happened to you. So, therefore, I need to work maybe three days a week, and four days a week, or three on, four off a and. And that is fine if that's what a person wants to do. What we need to understand is there can be a cap on that as far as whatever you want. Developing relationships with your clients long term, that could be a problem if you're only there three days a week. Growing a practice, that could be a problem if you're only there four days a week. But I need my mental health day 
you know, Friday. I, I'm I'm not a professional in that, th- and I don't want whoever sees this interview to ever think that I'm trying to bastardize that right. ideology or disrespect them. So I'm going to lean away from that because mm-hmm. I'm going to dance around that because <laughs> I still need people to understand, you know, why I'm here and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Mental health is almost, in my opinion, like self-esteem, where it's esteem of yourself. You have to really find your mental health because I know people who, friends that are psychologists and psychiatrists who really will tell you, they have people that work, and that's their mental health. Mm, now, got that. Th- that's their thing, I right? You. People, you know. That might be their break. Right. They're talking about the young man, uh, Hunter for Colorado, uh, Colorado, the bus, who's playing both sides of the field. He incredible. But he can do that. Deion, never, never, Deion, been, never been. I, I can't. That is against all the rules, by the way. I know. Side note. But, that's why I love it so much. Dion. But Dion wanna, played baseball and football. He and he did, did but, it at but, high level. Everybody's not a high to, level person. There you go. And, and you and, have to be able to identify the high level And that's people. what the conversation should also be about. Yeah, yeah. You're not high level. When you say that, it's like, oh, it's a disrespectful thing. No, I'm not a high level basketball player. That's why I'm a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good at basketball. I suck. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't do that. I do want to ask this, though. Does that create a problem? Because you're a boss. Mm-hmm. Aside from being a doctor, mm-hmm. you run businesses. Right. You are an owner. Does that create a problem for you? Because they're Absolutely. coming out They're coming out of school saying, oh, I would love, I really want to work for Dr. Blue. I mm-hmm. saw you on TV. I've been watching you for the last six years. Right. Got to work for you. Right. Can only work three days a week, and, you know, I went to school, so I want to be paid right. at the extremely right. highest six-figure right. level. Right. So, and, <laughs> and, and you look at the paperwork, you got the person in front of you, everything on here is great. Right. That three days a week and being at the peak of that, uh, peak of that six figures, right. there's where we might have some, I don't want to call them problems. Yeah, there's a discrepancy we- there, <laughs> for sure. You know, listen, I've told students, and again— I, I need to put this into context Absolutely. so people take sound bites. I have a relationship with my interns and my students. I've told them you're not a worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Ooh, I, listen, I I say what I mean, and I mean what I'm saying. Yes, sir. That is not a disrespectful thing. I wasn't worth one fifty coming out of school. How can you dictate you worth one hundred fifty thousand? I'm a doctor. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, but what does that mean? I'm a doctor. You have letters that say you're a doctor. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. So you, do you think the astronauts that fly into space are the ones that just got out of, like, engineering school? <laughs> They're not. Those guys that go That was through, a different time, though, sir. Hey, times may be different, but things stay the same. <laughs> and what does stay the same is on-the-job training. You can't— rec- I can tell that this is a little— Thorn in your side it is. issue. You can't, I can just you tell. can't ask for and I don't this. want people to take it the wrong well, no, way no, 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 what no, no, you're no. saying. Hey, listen, if somebody wants to take it the wrong way, come see me. We can have a very intimate conversation about it because I can explain to you. Yes, sir. You can't make this amount of money doing this amount of work mm. for me. You might be able to do it for somebody elsewhere else. or somewhere else. I got you. I don't think that the value is there. Mm. You, How can you not know how to do a surgery, a common surgery, well, right, and expect that amount of money. Yeah, you can get vaccines, but like, say for like literally our basic stuff, spades and neuters. You want $150,000, $180,000 and, you know, a, a sign-on bonus and things, but you literally can't complete a spay on a dog that's 100 pounds. And that's not a hate to them because that's what we do is teach them how to get better. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be more advantageous to take a lower salary 
and do more work and then ask for it once you get better. Yeah. You know, and I know it's not the ideology of many people, but that's unfortunately at my company. That sounds like another generation and you're much younger than me, but that, that you're, you're. My mind says of the old. Yeah. I was raised by old and I would still believe. I'm just saying it sounds old school and and trust me, I got a a decade plus on you. So I'm just, I'm with you. I hear you. My grandfather worked for Chrysler and, um, my other one worked for GM, and they had perfect attendance. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> there, there's there, that. It's a different time, brother. There's that. It's a different time. Perfect attendance. What? So maybe your belief is based on some of these, uh, I don't want to call them hard, these values that you grew up in as to what work is and the value of work is. So to see someone come in and have this expectation of this, which you're allowed to have any expectation Absolutely. you want of yourself. Absolutely. But you're like— there has to be levels of we work to get to this. You just I, don't. You don't. You, Dion didn't turn into Dion overnight. Day right, one. right. And and, and I want to make sure this, this is clear. Yes, sir. Your expectations of yourself and things. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, I'm all for it for you. I'm not for it for me. In my household, this is what I do. My kids don't get to do this, that, and the other. And your house or your upbringing, they may do that. If you're friends with me and your kids come to my house, your kids have to abide by the rules of my house. If not, don't ask your kids to spend the night in my house. Yes, sir. That's not how we do it in my in my world. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not against it. I'm just not for it for me. Uh, understood. My work ethic definitely comes from my family, but I do want to make something clear to all medical professionals. I do want us to remember that we signed up to be medical professionals. Yes, sir. This isn't like... um. I don't want this to sound shady, but like as a realtor, you can kind of sell a house when you want to, right? It's not like a necessity. When you're a medical professional veterinarian, your clients don't ask their dogs to get sick at certain times. Now, I'm not saying you work your whole life away. I'm saying that in a hospital, I think there needs to be representation of people available during certain times of the day, mm-hmm. whether it's emergency hospital and urgent care or a, you know, general practice hospital. Yes, sir. I need people there during the day. I can't have you there from eight to one and then that's it. No, we go to four, five, six, seven, you know, and I'm going to extend my hours uh, uh, eventually. So I need people that are willing to do that. And if you're not, that's understandable. It's just not the place for you. Mm. And that's okay. You I know, five that. days a week is a fair amount of time to work. And then, of course, we do things like you get two consecutive days and four day weekends and stuff mm-hmm. like that or four days off. And then you get your PTO. You get your time, but to say that I'm only going to work three days every week, not it, it doesn't really fit our model. I got you. Yeah, I'm clear on it. Yeah. I could work for you. I, I don't have no problems with what you're saying. I just it's it's interesting to hear a younger guy have these views because to me, you're of the generation that comes in and say I'm gonna need three on two off. So I just find that I'm gonna get if anybody getting three on two off is gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to get it first. Okay, <laughs> I've been. Been a veterinarian for 15 years, man. <laughs> Tell me about this new location yeah. that you got, man, that you're going to have some incredible— I think it's October— October 7th. October 7th. You're excited about this. Man. Another location, more hard work, longer yep. hours. Yep. So that three-day, two-off for you ain't happening no time soon. Nah, but you nah. got a new location. Where is that? Tell me about that and how you got this one off the ground. So the new location—let me make sure I read this address properly. <laughs> it's 8380 uh, Westheimer Road. Okay. So it's inside of the PetSmart. You can't miss it. If you know Westheimer and Dunvale, right where that uh, Home Depot is, Guitar Center, PetSmart, mm-hmm. boom, biggest day right there. Oh, wow. uh, that's where we're going to be located. You know, I'm really excited about this one. 
I think this one means so much to me because all of the other locations, including our Dallas location, which Dr. Jonisha Molly is an amazing veterinarian, we kind of opened it. We started it. It was our thing. And the Dr. Motley, God bless her. She's originally from Dallas. She went up there back home, and she's running and gunning it. This location is even, I'll say, even more special because Dr. Bianca Kirkland, who's a Houston native, mm. went to Texas A&M undergrad, went to Ross University. She's not a Tuskegee girl. Okay, okay. But uh, she's honorary Tuskegee by, by my hand. Uh, <laughs> she was our first intern and doctor that wasn't Tuskegee. She also, you know, in turn worked with us, worked really hard to even get to us. And she has stuck out these last four going into five years with us. Hasn't wavered. Of course, everybody has their little ups and downs, but hasn't wavered and waited the opportunity for what our model really is. Mm -hmm. And our model is to have you with us, grow you, teach you, allow you to, to spread your wings and let that bird fly. And she's going in there and she's a part owner. Did you see this happening Absolutely. with her? Did you, did you know that she would be special? Absolutely. Like, did you, okay. Dr. Kirkland was special when she came to us. Gotcha. You know, uh, I like to think all my doctors are special. Uh, she definitely was special. She was kind of, like I said, that first one that came out for this pathway and, and stayed the course. And, again, being a Houston native, everybody kind of knows her. And, you know, you ask three people, somebody know her. The third person know her, for sure. <laughs> and she's going in there and going to lead the charge. Not only is she the operating veterinarian, she's an owner. Mm -hmm. So this is different in our model because we have her as an owner. It's not just the big three. We got a partner now. Yes, so sir. we got to answer to her. Mm -hmm. She the one working five days, okay? Mm -hmm. And, of course, she gets her holidays and her extended <laughs> weekends and all of that. We understand you're okay with holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, she's <laughs> going to be running and gunning that practice all by herself. We're going to lean in and help her any and every way that we can, not mm -hmm. just volunteering time, but also our you know, our, our network uh, and net worth of everything that we do. So our insurance, all of that, we're back. We're the backbone of it. Yes, sir. But I'm just really proud because there's a woman running this facility that's from Houston. And if we have to get into all the effects of, yeah, first one in Houston, first black one in Houston, first black woman owner in PBS in Houston, we could do all of that. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. Again, we're having our soft opening starting October 1st. Grand opening October seventh. They said had it gonna be out there taking pictures, man. You know what? I I wasn't the wife, sure if it was wife, coming, so I ain't wife, put you on the, the wife, flyer. The wife has a dog, and she's taking them to some places. And the dog is getting a little older, so I'm like, you know what? I I'm, I'm comfortable with these guys. I, okay. And here's the sad thing: sometimes you know people. I'm not good at this. You know people, but you don't utilize those that you know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I know them. I do that too. And then you're having a conversation like Rob had called me about this. I'm like, oh, I got to put him on the podcast. Man, I see if you he, see if see if he'll come on the podcast. Hey. I wouldn't even think, hey, you want you to come out? I'm not. Can we, we talk about this black man who's a doctor, a veterinarian? It's already like you said, the numbers are minuscule. Let's mm. talk to him about that. What makes him different? Why he wanted to get into it? And yes, let's also mention that he's doing big things and this incredible black woman is able to now spread her wings and fly as well. So, right. yeah. But I have a dog, so I'm like, maybe I should just take the dog by there and see what they say about the dog. He getting old. I know there's going to be some complications here and there, but right. you know what? Never took the dog to see people who look like me. Understood. And I think 
that that's very important for people that look like me and you to get back to because there was a time when we had no choice right. but to go to somebody that looked like you. And we thought freedom meant that we could go, go to other Exactly. Which, cool. But I think in these days and times, it is more advantageous for people who look like me and you when there's an opportunity to go to people that look like me and you who do great work. Absolutely. To go see what their work Absolutely. is. And, and allow those dollars to circulate. And I like the fact that you put in there great work. Oh, absolutely. Because I think sometimes we get caught up in wanting to always support our people when it's bad. You know, I think we should support our people when it's bad, too, because you support other people when they're bad. Mm. But for, uh, you know, a big note to us, we got to do good, too. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, we need to make sure we're up to par. Absolutely. Got to be up to par, man, because uh, I leave I leave something that ain't good in a minute. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. And we all have bad days, right? So we yeah. can't we can't just say every with, yeah, it, it, we gotta look at it holistically. Not, yeah, yeah, it's not um, a perfect world, but But yeah, man, um, you know, myself, Dr. Ving, Dr. Ross, this has been a dream of ours and to see Dr. Kirkland leaving the nest and flying, you know, I do the schedule. So I had to remove her name from the schedule at Luetta. This getting ready to sound emotional. I shed it a tear. <laughs> It was one teardrop that I was just going to tattoo on there to keep. Like, <laughs> Dr. Kirkland's gone. I, it, it That's really, beautiful, man. It's beautiful, man. Because you know? that means that this person really means a lot to you, but at the same time, you got to sit back and you got to allow this person to make waves. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, again, you know, soft opening October 1st all the way through the 7th. What time? What time? Give me so the time. So it's from October 7th at the PetSmart on Westheimer and Dunville. It's 8380 Westheimer. It is from 12 to 2. Okay. All right. We're going to be out. The Vet Life's going to be there signing autographs, taking pictures. Deborah Duncan's going to come out, show some love. Okay, okay. She'll pet your pet. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Pet your cat if you got one. Take okay. some pictures. Rob G. The General is going to be DJing it. Okay. Not a better DJing MC in that thing, man. Yeah, I, you know, he, he, I like his music, man. You know. That's hey, my dude. Hey, he your friend, so yeah, he's got to be bomb. Yeah. Had to say he might come out. You I'm know, I got some through, Houston man. legends, okay? And I ain't even from H-Town, so I appreciate the love so much. I heard, I don't know I don't know if I'm getting trouble, but I heard Paul Wall might come out with his cat. Really? Yeah. Okay. If Paul I Wall didn't even come know out, that he was a cat lover. So I don't know if he is or not. This. And I don't know if it was a joke, but if Paul Wall showed up with a cat, I, I think that's funny. I might give 10 people free exams. <laughs> like, just, but, don't say that. No, somebody, really. But we are somebody, doing raffles. Somebody, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we're doing raffles. We're doing, I think, three to six months of food giveaways. Oh, really? Uh, Hill Science Dot is giving away food. They're donating some food. Um, yeah, I might need to get in We're doing uh, free exams. We're going to have some just giveaways. Uh, Stick Talk's going to be there. Oh, Stick nice. Talk is our food truck. Okay. Yup, and Hype Juicy, uh, they're going to be there. So it's gonna it's gonna be a great time. It's man. beautiful, man. It's gonna be a great time. I'm really, I'm really happy excited. for you. Overall, I'm happy for you. It's great to see people that look like me in different spaces, and we need to see us in different spaces more often. So when kids grow up, they can say, eh, "The rapper's cool. The ball player's cool." Agree. You know, veterinarian. Hmm. It's fun. You know what I'm saying? It's fun. It and, really and, is. And, and by the way, I have. Let me ask this one last question. Mm-hmm. What got you involved? What made? What was the one? What was the thing that happened that said veterinarian? I love that question. Um, my mom loves this question. I I, I want to say it honestly because my mom does. She's kind of like my my spiritual counsel. Um, God, mm. and I mean that. It's, that's nothing to be funny or like trying to just trigger people. Like literally. I think God gives all of us at least one gift, if not multiple. And I've always wanted to be a veterinarian since I was a child. Like, there's not, like, 
many other things. Um, some people have to find what they wanted. You can ask anybody you ever talked to in my past. They'll tell you he always wanted to be a veterinarian. I knew he was going to be a veterinarian. You know, and as crazy as I used to be and as ambitious and wild, there wasn't nothing going to stop me. Mm. So I've always wanted to be a veterinarian. That was a gift from God. I think God was like, he's a little reckless, so let me go ahead and <laughs> give him his because if you, if you try to find it, he might not end up where I need him to be. <laughs> So I give that glory to God 100%. And I tell people, I say, I was going to be two things, Jerry Rice number two or Dr. Blue. And I'm too small to play football with them boys. So there you go. That's it, man. Well, I'm glad you get to live out this incredible dream of yours. You get a chance to—well, we get a chance to to to, to be a part of the dream. Absolutely. Uh, you, you're sharing it with other people. You're teaching other people. Uh, so that gives you legacy. Got to love that. Uh Man, just who am I to be proud of you? But somebody, it's, it's, it's always it's always exciting to see someone living their dream and living their purpose. Yes, sir. It's always very exciting to me because sure. you know they think that they watching you, but there's a person in me trying like, oh, let me let me steal some of that energy, let me steal some of that excitement, let me steal some of that. Focus. I love to give let it. Me, let me get some of that so I can take it into my life too. Because I know you look at me. Well, you are no, no, no. I'm still trying to get there. I'm, I don't really know what it is yet, but I'm still trying to. Man, get Man, you there. got this. I told you when I talked to you on the phone. You had this zen. I was like, hey, how how you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm like, are you doing yoga right now? You meditating? You did ask me that. I'm like, huh? No. Man, I'm like, I need that. Because I'm just, I've been so <laughs> nah, wired. You are, yeah, I had to tell you to sit down for me because you like moving when yeah, you came man. in. I'm like, hey, I, hey, I to, just two minutes, some, brother. I need to get some acronyms. You was right like, now. hey, man, it's happening, baby. <laughs> my, my wife, is. Uh, she's been helping keep me calm. Shout out to Jessica Blue, man. You know, she's a, uh, you know, kids, man, you got to go to practice every night. My son at football, my son at swim. We got to swim meet tomorrow, football game. How old is he? Dean, the swimmer, he's 10. He, he'll be 11 on Monday. Okay, okay. He'll be 11 on Monday. Okay. I got to go to Mastro's on Monday. My son <laughs> will go to Mastro's to eat a steak. What? Come on. Come on, man. I made reservations. I'll be in the house. I'll be in the house, man. Uh, Dylan is seven. He'll be eight in October. Mm-hmm. And D- Nia just turned four in May. That's the baby girl. What's been, of all everything that you've done, what's been the greatest thing that you've done? My kids. Yeah, you got to answer that way. I mean, not only you have to answer that way, it's true. To, to see that, you know, that's the it's, one that make me you get really emotional. I don't even want to talk about it. It's that's real, it, it, you know what? It's, it is. It's the weirdest it's God. thing. It's, God. it's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, I adopted my other two girls and just having my son, and I wait to this part and this peak in my life to have it. For I'm like, it is. And you never understand what his purpose is. And then when certain things happen, you're like, oh. Mm. You're so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're, he want to respond you're, like, You're so brilliant. Uh, <laughs> you think? Because, you if, it, because if it would have happened some other time, Absolutely. I just know I wouldn't have been there. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But anyway, we get ready to go into a whole thing. I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. I'm you, excited man. for you. I'm excited for your doctor who's starting her spot. That's yes, going to be exciting. I will see you October 7th. October 7th. And, uh, man, just keep doing what you do. I appreciate doctor. it, bro. Love Thank you, you for having your me partners. On, I said hello and keep doing what they do as well. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. God bless you. Same to you. Homie.